All right, Ron, shoulders back, close your eyes, breathe in. Ugh, this just isn't working. Okay, try to clear your mind. Breathe in. Don't think about the efforts to impeach the president. Definitely don't think about the latest with the border wall or what's going on with charter schools in Arizona. For sure, don't think about the 2020 election. Okay, I don't think this is helping at all. <laughs> okay, I tried, but it really isn't working for me either. Welcome to a brand new year of The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Yvonne Minjit Sanchez. I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter for the Republic. We all know 2020 will be a monumental year in politics. We're bracing for it, and odds are you are too. So today, we're coming up with a roadmap for how to survive this. Do political headlines stress you out? Is the political atmosphere today causing you some anxiety? If it is, okay, you're not alone. And we're not just talking about us. It's actually a lot of folks. The American Psychological Association's 2019 survey found that the presidential election is causing Americans, including us, a significant amount of stress. I think especially us. But anyway, <laughs> that's just me. Okay, so according to the survey, 62% of Americans say they're stressed by the current political climate, and 69% of Americans say that the future of our nation is a significant source of stress for them. And that's true regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum. So to help us understand this phenomenon and how to get through it, we're talking to Dr. Lynn Bufka. She's the executive director of Practice Research and Policy at the American Psychological Association. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we are talking about the stressful climate caused by our current political discussions. Um, this is something that you've studied during the Stress in America survey. What were the yeah. results of that survey, particularly as they pertain to politics? Right. So we have um, been doing our Stress in America survey for over a decade, but it was only in 2016 that we started asking questions about the political situation because we were hearing from uh, our members, from that we were observing just there's stress related to what's happening politically in this country. And we've been asking questions about the political climate in the U.S. since then. So in 2016, we asked folks, you know, is there stress about the pending elections? We asked that, and that was in August prior to the November election. We asked that again in 2019. We asked questions about stress as it relates to the pending election. This is a year in advance of the pending election. We had just as many people, if not a little bit more, telling us they feel stressed about that in 2019. So that suggests to us that this has been a continuing source of stress for individuals over the past several years. And then we started diving into potential reasons why or what aspects of that might be sources of stress. But we know sort of the political climate in and of itself seems to be a stressor for individuals. So, Dr. Bufka, uh, this is Ron Hansen. Um, give us a sense of what, if anything, in particular, that's causing that stress. I think most people have a guess, but can you, you know, help us understand that more, more directly? Is it social media? Is it increased partisanship? Is it the president? 
Right. So we, we don't have as much sense of what's the cause, right? We ask people what do they tell us are sources of stress, but we don't have a, a good way to say hey, this is clearly the cause. But folks are telling us that um, aspects of concern about the future direction of the country is a source of stress for some individuals, that uh, issues related to uh, discrimination is a source of stress for individuals, that stress about gun violence and the incidence of mass shootings is a source of stress. And while that's not necessarily directly connected to an election, those are issues that are being really talked about in our political discourse for individuals. So there's many very topical issues, healthcare and access to healthcare and paying for healthcare is a source of stress for individuals. So there's a lot of issues that are feel out of our control, uh, things that we don't necessarily have direct ways of changing ourselves that our political discourse may have, uh, uh, certainly are, are, it's in the discourse, that we may have ways of changing it through our election processes, but it doesn't feel like something we can sort of directly go out and change today, right? So that's, that's stressful because there's some uncertainty there, there's a, a, perhaps a sense of less control over some of the issues, and they impact our daily lives so in terms of how do we make sure that we have the health care we need? Can we feel safe when we go to public places? And then you add in the tenor of the discourse and the pervasiveness of it through social media, through 24-hour news cycles, all of that. It can be hard to move away from things that feel stressful. It's hard to get a break from it. So, Dr. Bufka, I I know what the what stress does to me, right? Like, I can't sleep, uh, worry a lot. What does it do? I guess how does it manifest itself to affect our well-being? Can you give kind of examples of how people can maybe discover that they're a little bit more stressed than they thought they were? Right. It's a really good question. I mean, we should definitely to the extent possible, sort of slow down and try to pay attention to what we're feeling and how our bodies are responding and see if we can connect it to things in our lives. That's important because if we don't make the connection and begin to understand that, we have much less opportunity to either change things that are impacting us negatively or change our responses to those things. So sometimes it's helpful to just take a, a log, a daily log, behavior log, sleep log, whatever seems to be something to sort of get a sense of, gosh, when I have this you know, difficult conversation with my mother-in-law about X political topic, I never seem to sleep as well, or whatever, you know, you can start to see the patterns. Once you see the patterns, then you can potentially do something to change that. But the ways that stress tends to impact us, it can impact us um, both in terms of our physiological well-being, just like you talked about, difficulty sleeping. We may not make good food choices or we may skip meals altogether. It can impact us in terms of our emotional well-being. We may feel more irritable. We may have less patience for others, we may, um, our attention may change, we may have diminished uh, capacity to attend to different kinds of things. And when we're talking about complicated issues, not having the attention to pay attention to, to work on those issues actually can contribute to making it worse, right? Because then you're not able to really think through the pros and cons on things. Short-term stress is something we can all expect to deal with in our lives. That's part of the human condition. But when it begins to be a chronic kind of experience, ongoing, that can start to have longer-term effects on our overall well-being, whether it contributes to us 
experiencing some sort of anxiety condition or more pervasive depression or whether it contributes to physiological, physical health conditions. You know, there's indication that stress can be linked to things such as heart disease and overweight and obesity and even cancer. So unchecked stress can really have a long-term negative impact on us. Okay, those are a lot of the symptoms and, and gosh, some awful problems, but what can people actually do about it uh, to try and manage this? Do we delete Twitter or buy big headphones to keep people uh, from speaking to us? How do, how do we deal with this? Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. We, can't, we don't want to run away from the world, and being engaged with the world is good for us in many ways, too. So I always encourage people to think about the, the basics first. You know, make sure you're getting adequate sleep. And if you're having trouble with sleep, there's some really good things that you can do to address sleep issues. It's called good sleep hygiene. You can see professionals about this. You can read about it online. But sleep is fundamental. Good nutrition is fundamental. Regular activity of whatever we're capable of doing that 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 helps us and staying connected to others in positive relationships. Those are sort of the foundation of what helps us do well in our lives. And you want that foundation there to kind of ride with the ups and downs. But when you're talking about dealing with ongoing stressors, there's sort of two things we want to think about. Do we have some capacity to impact the stressor, right? So can we distance ourselves from it in some ways, expose ourselves to social media less often or set some boundaries around it? Like I'm not going to check my Instagram, my Snapchat, my Facebook, whatever after 9 p.m. because that just tends to work me up and I don't get to sleep as well. Or I'm going to make sure that I start in the morning with some meditation and a morning run before I then get into what's happening in the world. You know, set some boundaries around the source of stress whenever possible. Um, make some decisions about conversations you're willing to have with others or not have. Uh, maybe it's not the big family dinner where you engage with somebody who has a different point of view than you, but maybe you decide to um, really try to understand that point of view in a time when there's sort of less people around where you can perhaps stay calmer and hear each other out. Um, or maybe there's things that you can do in terms of how you think about a source of stress. Sometimes uh, you know, we tend to think about things like a work project is, oh my gosh, if I don't do well at this, my whole career is over. That's probably not true for most of the things that we work on. But if we work ourselves up into a state of thinking this thing I'm doing right now is the most important thing ever, and if I screw it up, it's all over, that is going to elevate our stress too. So we also need to think about how we approach stressful events and try to really get as realistic as we can about the outcomes and not catastrophize and not sort of make them more than what they actually are, but what's realistic? What's sort of a reasonable approach to that? So we're sort of looking at both internally, how do we deal with things in the moment, and externally, are there ways that we can actually set some boundaries, say no to some things, or perhaps engage in a way that feels more productive. I might decide around difficult, stressful issues that I'm really going to try to understand how my neighbor got to that point of view. Because if I can understand it, maybe I'll be able to appreciate their, their differences in a way that will remind us, yep, we care about some of the same issues, we just have different solutions for it, rather than you know, screaming from our opposite ends on it. So there's different routes that you can get there to try to affect the particular stressor in a way so it doesn't feel as uncertain and out of control. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Buska, for the therapy session. I think that's really <laughs> all the questions we have for today. Okay. And thank you so much for asking me to be part of your podcast. Um, I, I just think that it's so important that we get 
that we are able to talk about what stresses us out and to figure out productive ways to, to work on it. I don't think, you know, ignoring the things that stress us is not going to make them go away. So figuring out ways to, to both not only approach our wor world in a healthier way, but also to sort of approach our stressors in a way that we feel like we can be successful with it or, or learn something or take on a challenge and do things differently is going to help us have some, some growth and, and balance in our lives too. We all have things to work on. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Yeah, Bofko. We appreciate your time. All right, Ryan, you think that's going to help you out in 2020? I hope so. I need to try anyway. We got to do something different than what we did in 2018. I know that when Dr. Bufka was talking about the different um, maybe signs of stress, like those sleepless nights and thinking that you have to get everything done immediately and that this tweet's a crisis and that tweet's a crisis and oh my gosh, what about what's happening on CNN? Like that is totally me and I think I need to do a better job this year of maybe deleting Twitter when I'm not working or at least muting certain accounts when uh, I'm taking a day or two off. That's probably a good idea. I should have asked her about the Cleveland Browns while I had her. What, don't get stressed out about them? Yeah, just don't watch it all. <laughs> it's just no good for your health. <laughs> but that's probably a different matter. Um, yeah, I think that, that getting through 2020 is going to be tough for everybody, and we all need to take a break, take a breath, and sort of keep our eye on the big picture. Exercise. Lots and lots and lots of exercise. That's going to be my plan. Fewer cheeseburgers. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today, Gaggle listeners. Hopefully this helps you survive the year. We will be writing along with you. And while we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, you can find me at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. And I'm at Yvonne Winchett. Today's episode was edited and produced by Katie O'Connell. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.